ladies and gentlemen, you are here listening with us while we're talking about the greatest sport the world has ever seen. Sure, there's some indifferent aspects like VAR, diving, cheating, but there's nothing better than sitting on the sofa and watching the football results roll in on a Saturday afternoon. And we're here to talk about it right now. How was that? should really talk about football we should talk about football for sure and um, because we are the generic football show we are we are we are the generic football show not quite the and generic show but yeah we, that i mean that that's in the making Works, yeah. Yeah, we'd have a lot to talk about <laughs> um but i kind of just want to give my kudos to teams like sheffield united it kind of says something when you play against spurs and you look the more Dominant team? Definitely deserved to win. And there was a couple of decisions that didn't go their way, which on another day, maybe without a particular three-letter worded thing that's been introduced to the game, they it probably would have gone their way. Um, yeah. But ultimately, I think, yeah, Sheffield United are one of the hardest teams to, to play against at the moment. And I, I think we should point out that we're, we're only, we're only going to breeze over this, but we will be talking about that dreaded three-letter word once again Unfortunately, at some yeah. point. Yeah, I thought there was big wins for Burnley, winning 3-0 against West Ham. Um, and Newcastle as well, beating Bournemouth 2-1 at home. I know it's a home game, but Newcastle are sort of one of them teams where they, they're not known for goal scoring. So I almost feel like if, if they concede one, I struggle to see Newcastle score more than one, really. Yeah, I, I completely wrote them off at the start of the season, but now I'm starting to think they're going to be okay. Yeah, see, I didn't, and everyone laughed at me. I said Newcastle will be all right. You feel smug um, now, don't you? <laughs> honestly, honestly, I'm stood there with all them Geordies just telling you lot what it is. Um, Southampton losing to Everton. Um, they're two crap clubs. Let's be honest. Sorry to all the fans of both teams. See, I don't think they're crap clubs. I don't think they're crap clubs. I just think they're mediocre teams. They're Southampton less mediocre. Well, or a bit less than mediocre. Um, Because I quite like Southampton. I think that's because they're they're sort of a certain club that I like, feeder club. It's just, it's kind of disappointing because I don't want to see them go down. They're just one of them teams that I kind of have a bit of a soft spot for. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same. I have a sort of weird allegiance to them. But I just kind of looking at it objectively, I think they're a lower bottom half club. They haven't really invested in great players. They don't seem to have uh, the ambition. And to be fair, can they afford to have the ambition to be a club that challenge for anything other than mid-table? 
I think it depends on success, doesn't it? I think it depends if they get lucky. I think if they get relegated, I think mm. it's going to be a bit, of, a bit of an issue for them. I know they'll get the parachute payments, but the issue is is them bouncing back and if they can spend money and whether or not they're just going to become one of them yo-yo teams. Well, what happened to the 75 million they got from Van Dijk? I, I don't really know what happened with that. Did they get anyone? So the season, the season that they, they sold Van Dijk, I mean, they brought in like Wesley, Wesley Hoyt, who didn't really do too much. Yeah, I see. I don't know how to pronounce his name. H-O-E-D-T. O-E-D-T. It's that T on the end that really messes me up. Is it Hoyt? Or is it just Hoyt? And the thing is, is it's, I mean, they've signed like Vestergaard and they've got Danny Ings. Danny Ings got quite a bit of money. Hmm. But there's... There's no one that's really sort of set the world alight since they've come to Southampton. I, I feel like the, the board kind of look at the club and probably say, let's just stay up. We, they've got an excellent, well, I mean, I know I've, I've been to it. I was lucky enough to go last summer. They've got an excellent like training facility, a great like youth set up. So they're going to continuously bring through good players. So I don't think they're in like, they're not going to be a team who, if they were to say get relegated, just fall down and down and down. They're always going to be in the top couple of leagues in the in the country. But um, yeah. at the moment, I don't think they look like they're going to amount to much more than just being in those leagues. No, no, and I think you're right, which is sad, really, because I. It's almost like they haven't. They they've sold the players, and not really brought in the necessary requirements to keep them the same way. Mm. We've lost some big players and it's almost like their recruitment policy has kind of gone downhill ever so slightly. Yeah. Um, but the, but yeah, I mean, moving on, Chelsea beating Palace was another good result for Chelsea. Tammy Abraham scored another goal. Yeah. I mean, funnily enough, I think a lot of people wrote off Chelsea, myself included, sort of wrote off Chelsea before the season even started, given like Frank Lampard's somewhat inexperience, given their transfer ban. And now yep. they're looking like title contenders, potentially. Ooh, I wouldn't go that far. I think they're doing well. I don't think they're still in the league. I don't think they're in the same league as the top two. Uh, wow. Well, City are fourth at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I think they will be in the coming seasons when the team matures a little bit and has a bit more experience they'll definitely become title contenders and also they'll be able to buy well here's a bit of a rhetorical question though about buying i wonder or do you think that them having the transfer ban has been like potentially the biggest gift to them this season so i think that charity would have gone in a completely different way had they not had a transfer ban yeah. if they hadn't had a transfer ban i don't think they would have employed frank lampard Mm-hmm. Um, and they wouldn't have given any of these guys a start. So I think this is a real, I think this is a blessing in disguise for Chelsea. Mm. However, however, because Frank's in and Frank's giving you for chance and you for showing that they're actually decent with that money that can be invested, mm. there is the ability to tweak a few areas, you know, like, Left back, for instance, I'm not a massive fan of Emerson or Marcus Along. They've got this young player coming through. He's a left back, right? Well, see, this is the thing. They're playing Reese James on the right. 
because I thought he was a left back, but they're playing Reese James on the right quite a lot. So he looks very good. Very yeah. good. So, but it, I mean, if he can play on either or, I'd put him on the left and put Aspilicueta on the right. I'd add a winger to the mix. You'd add a winger to the mix of the Chelsea squad? Yeah. Even though they've got like Hudson-Odoi, Pulisic, Willian, Pedro. I don't think Pedro and Willian will be there that long. Interesting. I don't think they'll be there that long. I think Pulisic and Hudson-Odoi, and I think that they'll have a, I, I think they'll have a third. They might keep Willian. I think Pedro might go. <clears throat> Interesting. The game that I was really excited about seeing was the Leicester Arsenal game. That was one of my favourite games to watch over the weekend. Actually, I thought it was other than the the big game on Sunday. I think that was probably one of the most entertaining. I think the team I expected to win won. Yep. And I think it's fair to say most probably expected Leicester to win that game. It's one of those where I don't think the loss to Arsenal suggests catastrophe, downfall, etc. I think right now, Leicester are better, just a better team. You look at yeah, their... You know what? I'd I rather have agree. their goalkeeper. I'd rather have their back four. <laughs> I'd rather have their midfield. Their attack, you know, there's there's arguments to be had there. Vardy's on better form than a Bambiang. I couldn't tell you if he's a better striker or not. But generally, I think Leicester, people just have to accept Leicester are a better squad. Brendan Rodgers knows what he's doing. Yeah, man. I mean, I really like what Leicester are doing. I mean, mm. we we sing their praises every week. Uh, they are the victory over Arsenal just kind of adds to it. Um, they're an exciting team to watch, and um, I did I did see someone I did see someone on uh, Facebook after the Arsenal game say Leicester will get into the top four this season. You've heard it first. Mate, well, I I think Leicester are title contenders. I know people keep talking about the big two and obviously Liverpool and Man City are excellent, like head and shoulders above most teams. But I think other than Liverpool, Leicester have been the most consistent. The only games they've lost have been to teams that, you know, they're not expected to lose to, but, you know, they've lost tough games. Leicester haven't lost like to an Aston Villa or something like that. They're pretty consistent. Well, they lost to us. But I mean, you're you're top of the league. Yeah. No, no, I know. But I'm just saying that they lost to us. Just a, a little hallmark in half. But I think more so, I think more so what I'm trying to say about that is, is that this, this certain person is saying that you heard it here first. And I think people have been saying it for quite a few weeks now. Yeah. <laughs> and no... it's just a bit like, no, no, no. Come on. Yeah, you've so, got to give it to them, man. The con- the consistency, the like, they've got some star quality in that team, man. You've got to give it to them. Insane, insane. And then on to Sunday, uh, Wolves Wolves beat Villa in the derby. I, I didn't watch that one, but um, I was happy to see Neves and Jimenez get on the score sheet. They're, I think they performed really well last season and I've, I've hoped they would kick on this season and yeah, it's good yep. to see them doing well. I quite, I've got That's a weird it. soft spot for Wolves. I guess it's like a lot of my family are from, from that kind of yep. area. Um, so yeah, I like to see Wolves doing well. Go on Wolves, big up yourself. Whoa. And do you know what the crazy thing about Wolves is? What's that? <clears throat> we were saying that, you know, they've not had a great season and, you know, this European hangover and whatnot, but their level on points with Manchester United and they're only a point off fifth. We've been saying the same about Manchester United, in all fairness. Yeah. 
Uh, it's just crazy, really. I, I mean, fifth, fifth down to fifteenth are separated by three points. That is mental. So yeah, talking to Manchester United, they had a good win against Brighton. Yeah. A close game with one of their table rivals. Yeah, it's you know it's it's really hard for me because obviously I'm a Man United fan, so it's it's so hard to speak objectively about them. But I think all, all in all, I'm just gonna have to accept at the moment at least we're a mid-table club. Like I think you just got to be happier whenever you get three points because it <coughs> it's I know it's like a lunar eclipse, isn't it? It doesn't really happen that often. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> You're right though, man. You're so right. I just I think obviously we've we've got a squad of like really good players. Um so surely if if the manager or the players can get it right, then we should start moving up the table. I don't see us challenging for Champions League, but I kind of accept that now. Um I don't really know what to say on this. Brighton are also a mid table team who sometimes turn up and like really impress and sometimes just just don't. Would you would you like me to move on from this pretty quickly? Yeah, I've got nothing to say. I'm just saying stuff for That's the sake same. of talking. <laughs> so, so the big the big game of the weekend was the uh, Liverpool Man City game. Yes. Um, and I think this is where one of our talking points will start because I find it really interesting. Yeah. People's people's views, and I kind of want to get your view on it. Um, but first, the game. A uh, bit fiery. A little bit fiery. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with sort of Raheem with sort of like a lot of the crowd getting on his back and sort of his England teammates sort of giving him little jibes here and there. Mm. And obviously what happened on international duty, which again, we'll talk about in a little bit. The, the game itself, I thought was really good. Uh, I thought it was quick paced. I thought both teams played really well. Um, the, I think the, the problem with City was their, I don't even know if it was their defence so much. I just think it's Bravo. Yeah, he's not a good keeper. Bravo just, well, where Edison exudes so much confidence, Bravo does the complete opposite. And it's almost a confidence sucker. And it doesn't matter how much you talk him up before the game, it's still the same keeper. He's still going to cause issues. So, I mean, I think they're already onto a loss there. I, I think City were real dangerous going forward still. Yeah. Uh, Aguero should have had two. Um, and when we were riding our luck at times, I don't think it's, you know what I mean? I think that they're, well, I mean, we played really well and we deserve to win, but, there was times when it was sort of edgy seat stuff. It, it was funny for me because like upon watching the game the first time round, like when the game was live. So what happened to me is I actually, I had a nap before the game. So by the time I started watching Liverpool already tune up. So the 60 minutes of the game, which I saw arguably Man City were the, I'm hesitant to say better team, but they were definitely the more dangerous. They definitely had were on the attack more, had most of the possession. Um, oh no, we had see we had most of the possession. Did you? I just thought yeah. I thought the difference was some... the uh, Man City just weren't clinical in that game, whereas 
Liverpool were, and you've got those those deadly deadly wing backs which Man City failed to shut out. I think Manchester United showed the blueprint weeks before that if you you shut out the wing backs and don't give them access to get those crosses in, then you stop to a degree Liverpool. And Man City just I think maybe Guardiola's stubborn ways he tried to play his typical Man City game which doesn't work up against really strong opposition like Liverpool on top of that their defence is weakened at the moment and their goalkeeper especially is very very much weakened Bravo is a shadow of the player Edison is I think that was the key to it really the date is Wednesday the 13th of November yeah Liverpool are currently eight points ahead of Leicester and Chelsea yeah and nine points ahead of Manchester City pretty much a third of the way into the season is the title done hmm you know I I would say no I, I would say no it's not because we've seen we've seen Liverpool with a lead similar to this playing better football and still have slipped and not won the league Mm, yeah. I, thus far this season, although although I know it's it's hard to say this because you've won almost every game, I don't think your football has been as good as it was last season. And I think at some point you might get found out and you might go on a little run of like drawing a few or losing the odd one, which might spice things up a bit. I still think Liverpool will win the league, but I think it's it's going to be a bit more down to the wire than we think. See, losses don't really worry me because I'm so confident at the moment that we're not going to lose. I think think it's just more the draws. That's what killed us last season. Mm. Going into Christmas, we were 10 points ahead. I know City had a game in hand and then City beat us to take it down to four and then the pressure was really on. Yeah. But it was the draws. It was the draws that got us. Mm -hmm. Now City are chasing and they know that they have the issue of the points deficit. They're going to be like a steam train. And I think this is, this is it now. I think this is where you, especially like leading up to Christmas, Liverpool's Christmas is so busy. So I mean, flying to, uh, I think it's the world club. In, yeah. In Asia. Yeah. And I, I'm so hesitant to say after November because you don't know what's going to happen. It's so long. If we were nine points ahead in April, I'd like done. Done. Do I mean, maybe possibly late March, Mm. but I'm such a, such a pessimist that that even if I was an optimist, there's not a chance that I'm saying that the league's done now. There's so much more to happen. Well, speaking of being an optimist, I'm not sure if this makes me an optimist or an opportunist, um, but I do not and will not write off Leicester and Chelsea in this title race because I just think Liverpool and City are proven to be great teams. Chelsea are getting better and better. Leicester have been consistent and also getting better and better. And each week we have more good things to say about these two clubs. If we continue to keep saying good things and they continue to keep getting better than, I don't know, in eight weeks' time, we may be looking at it and saying, yeah, man, 
we, we're not going to be talking about Chelsea's youngsters as youngsters anymore. We're going to be talking about Chelsea's youngsters as like fully verified Premiership great players. So I don't want to. I don't want to rule them out at all. Didn't someone famously say you win nothing with kids? Who said that? Was it Arsene Wenger? No, he likes kids, doesn't he? He's a bit R. Kelly and that. Oh yeah, but, but disclaimer, disclaimer, <laughs> please. Arsene Wenger likes footballers. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I Alan Hansen on match of the day uh, during it was for the class of '92. He said that no, you don't win anything with youngsters. I mean. Alan Hansen is one of the grumpiest men alive. I reckon he doesn't celebrate Christmas. Just saying. Oh, he definitely does. Mark <laughs> Lawrenson doesn't. Mark Lawrenson doesn't. Yeah, what is it with you? But, Bitter Liverpool centre-backs. Less of that, mate. Less <laughs> of that. You, you won't get a nicer bloke than Sammy Hill for you. <laughs> it's, no. it's not over. And I, I just can't see... I could see... I could maybe pave away for Leicester I can't see Chelsea I can see Chelsea still dropping points there's still something a bit raw about Chelsea that makes me believe that they will still slip up just what happened with Leicester in what was it 2016 yeah I, I can't I can't be too quick to judge anything anymore we wrote off Leicester right up until like what March <laughs> we were yeah. constantly writing them I off and they won when, the league I think it was when they beat I think it was when they beat City at the Etihad. I think everyone sort of stood up and went, this is going to happen now. Yeah. And what, it, with that in mind, Leicester are in a better position after 12 games than they were that year when they won the league. They're arguably, I mean, they've lost Kante, they've lost Mares, but they've replaced pretty well. They're arguably playing better football. They've arguably got a better manager. Man, you can't write off these teams, man. I think it's going to be well exciting. I think the thing is, I think the thing is, and I don't, I'm going to sound like the, uh, oh, what's the, what's the word? I am going to sound, yeah, I'm going to sound grumpy as anything. Right? <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I completely agree with you. I think that Leicester have got a better manager. They've got a better squad. Are in a few noticeable absentees like Mahrez and Kante. Mm-hmm. But what you, I think what everyone forgets is that the total that Leicester won on wasn't, compared to what it is now and what it has been, it's quite small. You don't think they're going to clock like so, 90 plus points? That's what I mean. And and I think that's the, that's the marker that you're setting now. Yeah. And and I think that that's what everyone needs to, it's, it's whether or not they can do that. Because that's such a big ask. Hmm. Such a big ask. And, if they, I mean, if they do it, amazing. Amazing. But it's just making sure that they can do it. Well, the initial point was, is the league over? And I have Liverpool been handed the league. Um, which is a nice segue because if Liverpool have been handed the league, then they've potentially been handed the league by Alexander-Arnold in the penalty box. Was it a handball, Dan? <laughs> Oh, right, this is so. Uh, yes, it was. You think so? Yeah. Interesting. Being completely honest, when I saw it the first time, I didn't think it was a. I didn't think it was a handball. I thought the way in which he was running means, although his arm was displaced from his body, 
it's still in an unnatural position. Um, the ball came at him at a pace, which he couldn't do much about. Um, but upon watching it time and time again, and, you know, we have with TV and replays, we have the um, opportunity to like look at things in hindsight. And we have the opportunity to look at things in slow motion. And when you watch things in slow motion, suddenly you take for granted reaction time and the speed at which you have to move. And basically, I'm on the fence about it, if I'm completely honest. So there's a couple of things for me. Mm -hmm. My arm is in what I would class as an unnatural position. Mm Mm-hmm which leads me to believe that it would be classed as handball. What even the, is an unnatural position, man? I think it's just something that's not by your side. That that just seems so unfair. Like if you, if you run, you use your arms to help the motion of running. If in that motion, a ball strikes your arm, are people literally going to run with their arms by their side now? Are they going to like kick a ball with their arms by their side? His was extended outwards, wasn't it? It wasn't sort of like in a running motion. It was extended outwards. And I know what you're saying, because he, he was kind of stopping, so he stops. And when you stop, your arm sort of comes out. Yeah. And it is one of them ones. It also takes into consideration the fact that it hit Bernardo Silva's hand first, which was completely accidental. But with this VAR system, would the goal have been ruled out anyway? Because it would have touched an attacking player's hand. If it comes off Bernardo Silva's hand or arm, and rolls to, rolls to Sterling, accident or not, with VAR being the way it is, is it going to rule it out? So maybe Alexander-Arnold should have just left it. I mean, yeah, but the problem <laughs> is, is at that pace, uh, again, I, I think I think it's accidental a handball by him. I don't think it's, it's not going to be thingy, but at that pace, are you getting out of the way quick enough? I don't, I think it's a, there's a, so many. I think the problem is now with VAR is that it's so so many things you need to think of now. In this case, I don't think VAR was really an issue. I think it was the concept of what a handball is. Because mm, I mean, many have brought up the situation in the Champions League final, um, where who was it? Had his Sissoko. arm. Yeah, Sissoko had his arm up, and if you watch Sissoko play, he points all the time. So much so that it makes me think pointing is a natural thing for him to do. So his arm was in a natural position and Sadio Mane kicked it at his arm with no time for him to move his arm out of the way. So that's unfair, surely. Surely that's the exact same situation when you you think of it like that. It's a tough team. I mean, the the thing is, is, is when you look at the stills, Trent's looks more like a penalty than Sosoko's does. Mm. But... I ain't quite overspilt milk because we won both games. Ha <laughs> um, <laughs> Fabinho, like after that, like moments after that, I just have to praise Fabinho with, a, with an excellent strike. Um, which is quite interesting. I saw like before he came to Liverpool, he had quite a good goal record. And since he's been at Liverpool, I think he's only scored like once or twice. But um, I did find out that most of his goals before were penalties. So yeah. What a player. Hmm. Oh, Honestly, that man. His um, reading of the game. like He reads the game as if the game is Biff, Kipper and Chip. You know what I mean? Just easy. Just easy. I love that. I mm. love that analogy. Yeah. Honestly. 
God, Biff Kipra. I was trying to think of another book, but I can't. <laughs> there was another book. Oh, Tangent. The Hungry Cal- Caterpillar. No, that's not it. That's too. That's basic. Beatrix Potter. She was. Um, what did she write again? She wrote that really famous one. Mr. Men. Oh, Mr. Men and Little Miss. <gasps> of course. Can I? Can I say? Can I? Can I say? Yeah. I have never, ever heard anyone be so happy slash excited that when Mao said Mr. Men. <laughs> I don't remember the rainbow fish. Mel's gas now. I've sent her on off on one. Oh, Megan Mog. Megan Mog. <laughs> oh, Megan Mog was the ting. I've never seen her remember so excited. Pippi? Do you remember Pippi Longstocking? Oh, Pippi with the the little ginger plaits. Where's Wally? Oh, Doctor yeah. Zeus. Where's? Um, wait, green eggs and ham. Do you eat green eggs and ham? Who is the other? Uh, uh, Roll doll. They made like the BFG and all of that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh my God, this is so off topic. Right, okay. So. I really want to get into Raheem Sterling. And Joe Gomez. From my perspective, I thought, you know, I've been there. It's all in the game. Tensions are high. This is potentially like, you know, a title decider, maybe at the end of the season, it may be. So, you know, tensions are high. You do anything for your club. You may be friends outside of the game. You know what, Dan? Me and you have had it. Straight up. We've always been mates. But when we played against each other, you know what I mean? Tensions are high. Might kick you a bit. You know what I mean? You might pinch me or something. Yeah. But it's all in the game. After the game, we hang out, we play FIFA, everything's good. Um, you know, we play for our school team together. That's sort of like, sort of like international duty. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. That's, that's, that's a good analogy because we actually, I think I stopped you winning the league. So. Yeah. Thanks for that. I mean, we at least no, were in no contention worries. to win the league. <laughs> at least we were up there. <laughs> um, take one point at a time. What's your feelings on him being dropped for the game on Thursday? I'm really disappointed, man. I mean, Obviously, I didn't see what happened on the training ground. But first of all, I, I didn't expect it to continue on the training ground. Like I said, I thought it would be all in the game. As soon as that final whistle blows, they go back to their change room. It's cool. They're friends. They link up in the week. It's cool. But to see the fact that it's like kicked off again at training was a surprise. Um, mm. And surely in the interest of fairness, if it has kicked off and both parties are like entertaining the the fight or whatever it is, then surely they should both get dropped. The thing is, is everything's on hearsay because obviously it's a closed camp and mm. and all that. But but the news reports that I've read is that Joe Gomez was in the canteen with a group of England players, not Liverpool players. Mm-hmm. The, they were all having a look, joke and a laugh whilst Raheem Sterling came in. Yeah. And I think he took offence to, like, was sort of almost took offence to it thinking that they were they were speaking about him. So he said something and they all laughed again. And then I think he got Joe Gomez in a headlock. Right. Or tried to get him in a head or tried to get him in a headlock. Um and then they were separated. I don't from from all these reports, Joe Gomez sounds like a saint because apparently he didn't really retaliate. Which I can only imagine is why 
it was only Raheem that was punished rather than both of them. Interesting. So my my issue, my issue of it, and a few people have brought this up as well, is sort of picture the setting, it's the it's the Euro semi-finals a couple of, like a couple of years. No, last year. Yeah. Right. Um, just before the semi-final against Croatia, Raheem Sterling and Joe Gomez have a fight on the pitch. Or Joe Gomez, or sorry, Raheem Sterling bad tackle on Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez gets up. What, what are you doing? Raheem Sterling punches him. Right per se. Yeah. Are they are they going to ban Raheem Sterling for that game again in the semi-final? Considering he's probably our most important player as well. It's it's so hard. It's so hard to be unbiased and objective on this because Raheem Sterling has had a long history of being scrutinised by the media. So any kind of bad press I hear about Raheem Sterling, I'm so reluctant to believe. Considering as well, like he's not just the media, like he's been a victim of racist abuse by fans as well as the media and he's been so brave and he's continued to just improve as a player and and do it on the pitch so I admire him so much and that plus me knowing the media has an agenda just makes me not want to believe in anything that's happened Um, so it's really hard to be objective Uh, I don't know man it's if you're looking at it from a completely football perspective I think very few would argue that England probably need Sterling in the squad more than they need Joe Gomez. Yeah. But you can't look at this but, from just a football perspective. You have to look at it from a human perspective, don't you? Exactly. And the thing is, is if Joe Gomez has done nothing wrong, you can't... I mean, I know he was an antagonist during the game, but once again, he's finished, like you said, everyone's like, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, and you know, and there's always antagonists in the game. Like, yeah. you know, certain players are antagonised tactically that's the thing yeah that's it and the thing was is Joe Gomez wasn't the only one that you know was on the head was on the end of a bit of a mouthful from Raheem Sterling I mean Trent was running with him I think gave Ware corner and gave him a gave him a bit of a shove into the boards so him we had they had words him and Henderson squared up to each other I wouldn't be surprised if, if a lot of this was tactical I'm not sure if I mean, like, get- Klopp's that kind of manager, but I think that the fans and the players knew that we can get into Sterling's head in this game. And yeah. and they did, and they did they successfully did, because Sterling didn't you know, didn't perform as, as well as he often does. He didn't get a goal as he often does. Um That's it. What I would say what I would say just, just quickly, while I'm on a while I'm on a tangent, love mm-hmm. a tangent. Yeah. The thing that's the thing that caught my eye about this is that the the pair had a mediation uh, at St George's Park. They both were told to get. They were both sort of gathered in a room by Jordan Henderson, mm-hmm. who was on the phone. He wasn't even at the camp, which which then also begs the question. What, what was everyone else doing? 
if it takes someone that's not even at the camp to try and sort it out, what 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 was all the you know because they have I know they have like a leadership group. What's what's all the leadership group doing about it? What are they just sort of bit oh I ain't getting involved? One thing I have wondered in the past that's always just been a, a wonder. There's never been any evidence to suggest for or against this. Is how important is your club rivalry when on international duty? The first time I thought this is when um, Spain, the Spanish national team, went for a really dominant period, um, as with the Germans as well, went for a really dominant period. And I thought it was really interesting when Spain were really dominant, they had majority Barcelona players who played together for their club and country. And equally, the German team had a load of Bayern Munich players who played for their club and country. And I wonder if that was a key factor in in their international performance. Then on the other hand, I wonder if, you know, England being a a team with a a plethora of players from Manchester City, who are rivals with Liverpool, who are rivals with Manchester United and Leicester and... Chelsea and I can't think of any England players that play for Arsenal so I'm not going to mention them but I wonder how much of that filters into international duty I wonder if that's the reason why England struggle to win anything with Lampard and Gerrard next to each other because as much as they're both great players they can't play together because they don't play for the same club I wonder if that's ever a factor and furthermore I wonder if there's ever a situation like we have right now with Sterling and Joe Gomez if it kind of reminds players of where their allegiance lies. I wonder if the Man City players, Carl Walker, John Stones, I don't know, took Sterling's side in that in that little battle, whereas you got, I don't know, Alexander-Arnold, Oxlade-Chamberlain on the other hand, are like, we're going to take your side, rather than just take the side of fairness. So going back to the whole Gerard Lampard yeah. thing and like the teams... I think that we weren't successful in that period because we are tactically inept. Okay. That's I fair. think that because, because there was this consistency on us having to play 4 4 I think they were both too similar. Yeah. And I think that they both weren't working to their strengths. And I think if you was to try and sort of work both of them in, start work them both into the team first and then work the team around them, Mm-hmm. I think there would have been a bit more of a an aspect going on. Um, I I think you're right. I, I think you're right about club rivalries because, as you know, it's Spain has you know has had some wonderful years when they had a lot of Barcelona players in, and then if you noticed, Gerard Piquet and Sergio Ramos have been having little bites at each other. Yeah. And they've not been as successful. So maybe there is something in that. Yeah. Um, we, a lot of ex-players have sort of said today, especially sort of after this has all happened, that there's always been clicks. The Man United players would, you know, sit on their own. The Liverpool players would sit on their own. The Chelsea players would sit on their own. And it's not to say that they weren't close. It's just that they know them. So everyone would go and go to training and chat to each other. But, when it was time to socialise, you would sit in your groups. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think is particularly healthy, but it's kind of, it, it's just what we do. It, you know what I mean? It's not a shock. 
Like it happens in everyday life. Mm. You, know, you you'll you'll have work friends. You'll you know you'll know people, but you'll go and sit with the people that you normally sit with because that's who you have a conversation with. And how how do we combat this? Like, what's the way that we stop players from carrying rivalries into international duty? How how do we stop like a situation like? what happened on Sunday continuing on the training ground on Monday or whatever day it was. It's, it's so difficult to regulate. I don't, I don't know how you could do it, to be honest. I mean, do you punish people? You get Warren G and Nate dog. Oh, sorry. You said regulate. And I just thought of, yeah, sorry. That's relevant. Honestly, <laughs> just a bit of a whistle in the background would be great right about now. <laughs> um, it is really hard to police it and I'm struggling to think of a way you can unless you start dropping players. You know what I mean? If you're saying that you're going to bring that bad attitude in, then we don't want that aura around the team. But the problem is, is if Marcus Rashford, Raheem Sterling, Jaden Sancho and Harry Kane do it, you've got no attacking players. So dropping Sterling was the right thing to do in this situation? I don't know. I don't know. I I don't think it was. I personally would have reprimanded him in-house and said, look, uh, you, if you do that again, you're dropped. Mm-hmm. There's going to be there's going to be some sort of publicity around you too. You're going to need to sort of kiss and make up without people realising that it's a show. Um, just get on with it. We've got football to do. Mm-hmm. But without knowing, without knowing all the facts, it's so difficult to say proper but, but no I, I wouldn't have done it but I'm not saying that it's a bad decision for him to do it because because I don't necessarily believe that he's done it for any wrong reasons I think he's done it because he wants to try and keep his integrity as manager by saying that no I don't care who you are if you cross the line then there will be consequences, which I, which I get, and I understand that. But I mean, just kind of think to myself, it wasn't necessarily the first avenue I would have gone down. I wish I was there. I just wish I was oh, there. Oh, the wall just, would be amazing. Just to back it, you know what I mean? Just to be that guy is like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? That guy's like, what? what? I would have backed Sterling straight up. Sterling's my boy. I don't even know Sterling, but I just feel like a level of sympathy for him for everything he's been through. I would have backed Gomez so me and you would have been clashing. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. Honestly, I mean, I know I would have been on the floor but I would have been, I would have had a fight. <laughs> um, we don't condone violence. We don't condone violence. That pretty much sums it up. Um, we've got um, International Weekend this weekend. Um Boom. I have pretty little to say about it other than there was this one thing which I thought was really amusing um Adama Traore of Wolves Wolverhampton Wanderers fame who's you know becoming quite a, a good player um is yet to establish his allegiance to which country he's going to play for um he could play for Mali which is the the country of his of his origin where his parents are from however he was born and raised in Spain um, and he recently got called up to the Spanish national team however he's I think he's injured or he can't make it for whatever reason. So he still 
has the opportunity to pledge his allegiance to whichever country. One thing I found particularly amusing is that Mali already have two players called Adama Traore. So they could line up one day with three players all called Adama Traore. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? I thought that was it's incredible. Amazing. Um, just quickly, yeah. fancy a stat attack? Hit me with the stats. Stat 82%, 82% of Sadio Mane's Premier League goals have come within two miles of the English coast. Within two miles? Yep. So that includes clubs such as Brighton, yep. Bournemouth, yep. Liverpool, obviously. Two miles of the English coast. So, and also... Um, so interesting. Mo, Mo Salah has as many Premier League goals as David Beckham now. Yeah, but David Beckham wasn't really a, a goal scorer like that, though, to be fair. They but. They both remain one short of Dean Holdsworth, though. Who's Dean Holdsworth again? Did he play for Norwich? No, he played for Bolton. Oh, Bolton. Bolton. Um, so that they were stats courtesy of uh, Duncan Alexander at Opta. Just a wonderful, wonderful man. Thanks, you should Duncan. follow him. Duncan Alexander. Um, and also, one more for you, which I found pretty funny. Yeah is that um, it's worth bearing in mind that Manchester City have got a larger defence budget than Zimbabwe, Cambodia and 17 other countries. Wow. So when you say defence, you mean defence in a sort of different context? Yep, I do. But it's amazing to think, isn't it? Wow. (laughs) That's incredible. That is a a really good stat. Uh, I'm pretty... thrilled by that stat I'm hard so yeah damn we, <laughs> we have to edit that out <laughs> um, and on that note I think it's time to end nice one Dan catch you next week next see you next week yeah have a good one mate you too <laughs>